This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, May 6th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, how about you? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Up early, but ready for another live broadcast <laughs> here for uh, our Friday episode. Our guest this week is Alex Chamberlain, joining us, as I found out recently, also here from Oregon and the West Coast. Alex, how are you doing? Doing okay, guys. How are you? We're good. We're good. Glad to have you on. Alex, you also write at Rotographs, and uh, we like getting our other Rotographs writers in here on these Friday shows. Um, what do you write here at Rotographs? Do you have any focus, and what have you been working on here, and uh, what else do you do uh, fantasy baseball-wise? I first came on hoping to do a lot of the... Uh expected metrics, expected BABIP, expected home run to fly ball rate, basically all the stuff that Mike Podhorzer already does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have just kind of strayed into doing player profiles, um, occasional leaderboards. I'm also on the National League outfield beat. Uh, but I've definitely lost focus. I kind of just do whatever now, um, mostly player profiles. Oh, so. cool. Cool. Yeah, we're, we're glad and I'm also a rotoballer with... Thanks. I'm also a rotoballer with Brad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we work together over there, too. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I enjoy that uh, fantasy baseball often tends to be kind of a smallish community at times. It seems like such a big industry, and then at times everybody kind of knows everybody, uh, which is good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're glad to have you with us. Uh, it's a DFS podcast. You're telling me before the show, not a big DFS player, but we kind of like having ranges of experiences and approaches because i think a lot of people that play dfs are trying it out for the first time or haven't done it much and so it's fun to see how traditional fantasy baseball skills kind of translate to that and the approach for that is uh is a lot of fun so um yeah thanks for joining us we have breaking news this morning which part of a fun uh live podcast is uh garrett richards his ucl is hurt Going down, elbow, looks like Tommy John out a year. That's a big blow for the Angels, big blow for, you know, obviously his fantasy owners. Uh, Brad, is there much of a takeaway from this? I mean, what do you, it happens again. We feel like we're used to it, you know. What do you got from this? Yeah, the, this, this Angels team is already so thin. Yeah. And it, it's really more and more just Mike Trout. Yeah. battling on his own to try yeah. to win games. And I don't know. It's it's kind of a shame that they can't get a supporting cast around him. Yeah, I almost feel like they should actually explore some sort of ridiculous mega trade and try to restock their broken farm system. But <laughs> yeah. they're never going to do that. No one has the balls to trade a Mike Trout. They'll never and, trade Trout, no. Yeah, no, no, one, no one's ever going to do that. So it's... It's disappointing that the Angels, they really needed Garrett Richards to be good this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's just not much coming in behind them. Uh, Corey Rasmus is probably one of the guys who will benefit, and he's there will be days when you can stream him. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. Obviously, if you're in a deep NL only or AL-only league, you want most people with a starting job, but for most fantasy owners, that isn't much. Um, we have somebody in our chat. Spotty Adi saying that Garrett Richards is done with, you know, he, he's talking about it, and he says he has no question just that he owned Pollock Schwarber and now him, and he's ready to jump off a bridge, and uh, <laughs> I feel for you. I didn't have Schwarber, but I had Pollock. I, I'm there with you. That, that's tough, and yeah, there's not much of a fantasy takeaway from it other than 
that's a bummer and his replacement isn't going to be anything exciting you know there's there's not anybody you're really looking for there um alex do you have anything on this i know that he was kind of a stat cast uh favorite just in that he had crazy spin rates that people that really liked and i don't know if that has to do with what was going on with his elbow but um were you a garrett richards guy and and yeah is there any takeaway from this for you yeah i was i don't have any shares of him but he his peripherals all indicated that he could limit hard contact with the best of them um I don't know if the spin rate thing is a factor. I actually hadn't even really thought about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what to do now? I don't know. I'm a disenfranchised Angels fan, so um, I literally would have hoped this could happen to anyone but him. Mm-hmm. Um, I deliberately don't follow that rotation because it's so upsetting, but I imagine <laughs> that Tropiano, Shoemaker, Heaney, I think Heaney's injured too, right? Yeah, so, he's yeah. injured as well. Wait for him to come back. Yeah, that's probably, unbelievable. Probably the same unbelievable. thing. So. Yeah, it's oh it's my god. Time. Well, um, <laughs> it yeah. is a tough time. Um, yeah, Rasmus. I guess I wouldn't even know. I don't know what the depth looks like because it doesn't exist. Yeah. So Red. Skaggs um, and it's Wilson a, it's are a, kind of yeah progressing. Oh, Skaggs. Yeah. He's, yeah. He, yeah. He had a setback long, recently, but... I think. So you know, they're know. they're not making much progress either. <laughs> yeah. Brad and I were saying before the show, Rasmus is. Okay, but he's kind of a spot starter now and only making four inning, five inning starts. If they lengthen him out and he like shows that he can even go six innings, you know, might have our attention a little bit. But so far, he's not doing that. He's just being, playing the long man. So not a lot of takeaway from yeah. there. You know, it's it's disappointing analysis that there's not much to take away from it. But there's just not. Uh, but that that's the breaking news this morning. Sorry to you, Garrett Richards owners. It. This happens, there isn't much. You know, I'm with you, spotty Adi, in terms of I was a Pollock owner, and you just kind of go, okay, you know, there's there's not much from it, you know. Uh, that's, uh, that's a bummer of traditional fantasy. Um, the segue is, though, that it's one of the pluses to daily fantasy, is that worst case scenario, you miss a guy for that day. But after that, you can pick whoever you want, and that can be really helpful. It's a it's a retreat from the bummer that is uh, vanilla fantasy. We're going to look at DFS. We're only going to focus on uh, Friday, May 6th, for today. And we're going to look at all these games going on tonight, of which there's a bunch. Um, there's 14 games tonight. There's a day game. It's Max Scherzer going to Wrigley. That's exciting. The Cubs are fun to watch. Max Scherzer is fun to watch. That'll be interesting. I love day baseball. Um... I'm I'm romanticized by by Wrigley Field, but that's not going to fit our DFS slate really at all. Uh, it's set apart from all the other games. So while that's that's going to be fun to watch, it doesn't fit the games we're going to analyze. We are going to look at all of these games in the evening, though. And uh, the initial takeaway for me and Brad, I think you agreed with me, is that it's a pitcher heavy day. Lots of yes. maybe too many pitcher options here. Uh, what what's your first reaction here for Friday? Yeah, it's going to be a really tough day in general. Uh, there's, We'll get to pitchers later. We usually cover them last. Uh, mm-hmm. But just kind of gloss over the front end of it. You got Noah Syndergaard against the Padres. Everyone's going to want to share that. Uh, it's the Padres. They're just terrible. They strike out a billion times, and Syndergaard's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Madison Bogdaner against the Rockies at sea level, and that's always pleasant. And then there's a bunch of number ones and twos, and there's maybe like, I don't know, eight guys that are really very exploitable, and it's usually more like 15. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, a little handicapped on options today. 
uh, you're going to have to pick against some better pitchers somewhere in your lineup, or else you'll probably be sharing too many players with other people. I just glanced at my pitcher list, and we will get to that later, but I literally wrote, this might be a season high, I wrote 19 names, which doesn't mean I necessarily recommend all 19, but that's at least ones that got my attention that I want to, like, look at or discuss, uh, <laughs> that I would consider. It's a lot. Um, and the flip side of that is that, like you said, it's hard to pick where you want to go for hitters. Like, these days, it just kind of makes you go... Where am I going? Um, again, you're playing a slate with 14 games. It's it's huge. Uh, there's enough options. There's places to go. It's not as big as a Friday we're used to. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a little bit lopsided. Um, anyway, we started catcher. Brad, I'm going to let you start for us uh, at the catcher position. Then I'll come to you, Alex, to see what you come up with um, that Brad didn't. But, yeah, in this tough day for hitters, Brad, what are you thinking of the catcher position? I actually found a few options I was pretty comfortable with at catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the top two, I'll stick with that and let you guys pick up the rest. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Gaspani Grandal, even though he's up against Marcus Stroman. Mm-hmm. He's a nice high floor hitter, uh, decent average, uh, walks a lot, uh, has enough power that he could be a factor at uh, Rogers Center tonight. Uh, there's a chance for a home run. Uh, it's not a very high chance, but he, in terms of power at the catcher position, he's one of the better bets. Uh, so he, he offers a little bit of everything, high floor, high ceiling, and a uh, tough matchup against Marcus Stroman, but he's not one of the best pitchers today. He's maybe not in the top 15, even though he's good. Yeah. And then uh, the other guy I like, Stephen Vogt, up against the ever enigmatic Ubaldo uh, Jimenez. Uh, <laughs> never know what to expect out of Jimenez. Could be a complete stud outing, uh, also a disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a wide range of possible outcomes. He's been a little homer prone this year. He's had trouble with lefties. Uh, he, he's never the same way two years in a row. He's had his seasons where he's got big platoon splits. He's had seasons with big reverse platoon splits. Uh, so it's really hard to give any kind of real analysis about Hivaldo. But yeah. Other uh, than he's... going to Camden Yards, that's always good. Uh, yeah. It's a great lefty park. I feel like the analysis for Ubaldo is right-handed, because that doesn't change, and often bad. Uh, and yes. that's, that's what you want for a Steven vote. You want him to hit a right-hander who's hopefully often bad. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I like that. I think uh, some A's might be popular. Um, and, and, yeah, the, the Stroman one, I feel like on a smaller day, on a different day, wouldn't be as exciting. But on a day like this where you're, you know, there's so many good pitchers, that, that's, a, that's definitely a place you can go. I, I like the, the Grandel one against uh, Stroman, for sure. Um Alex, who stuck out to you at catcher? Anybody that you you like the matchup for that you were thinking about going with? Right. So the preface here is that I am still a DFS novice, but mm-hmm. when I see Buster Posey, well, five thousand or five hundred cheaper than Darno, who's injured? Yeah. Um, when I don't see Posey at the top of the list, that's always interesting, um, especially against a, a lukewarm pitcher at best. Um, you know, I can see that being a high share guy, so you might want to fade him, but I can also see that being a nice high output, too. Yeah. I actually thought Carlos Ruiz was kind of interesting. Um, I actually wasn't aware that he was having such a nice season, albeit in like 40 plate appearances. Um, but he excels against lefties, and Chen is a lefty. Um, it might be a nice day to stack some... Not stack. 
you'll never stack Phillies, but at least pick more than one Philly. Yeah. I don't know. I like I kind of like Ruiz. He kind of stuck out at me there. He's a little more expensive for my taste, but I, you know, I think it could be a nice ROI on his price. Yeah, I, I like Wei and Chen, but uh, I think picking good righties against him can be a place to go. And uh, there, there's a Philly or two that's at least worth attention for sure. Um, the other thing on on definitely in DFS in d- days like this is trying to avoid super obvious plays um, because even if somebody seems really good. Uh, if everybody picks it and then everybody gets points for that, it's hard to get an advantage there. And that can be a concern right. with guys like Posey, who I like. Uh, I like him against Bettis, and I like him... Uh, more importantly, I like him getting the Rockies bullpen, which can be even better. Um, but th- that's a concern. I still like it. He still made my list. Um, I also had... Uh, I have Jonathan Lucroy getting somebody named Tim Adelman of the Reds. Uh, Brad, can you <laughs> tell me anything about Tim Adelman? Uh, he's, so, I, I looked at him this morning, he yeah. kind of just reappeared in the red system as a 26-year-old a few years back, Yeah. he's like 29 now, uh, he, his minor league numbers, like a 7.0 K per 9, 2.5 walk per 9 type guy, uh, translating that to the majors at Great American Ballpark, probably means he's well below average pitcher, mm-hmm. uh, Pretty much what you'd expect from the Reds' tenth yeah. pitcher or whatever they're on now. Uh, so it's uh, it's a good matchup, and I think the Cincinnati-Milwaukee matchup in general tonight is going to be very popular. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things, and we say this a lot, where it's like if you don't recognize the name of the pitcher, that's a good sign for DFS. If you have to look him up, then he's probably worth picking against. So. I have Jonathan Lucroy, who's right-handed but can definitely handle other righties, getting Tim Adelman. And it's like the Rockies, but even better, uh, he gets Tim Adelman, but then he gets the Reds' bullpen. Uh, and that's just, you know, been record-setting bad, literally. Uh, yeah. and, and so, and you're going to get him probably half the game. So I, I like Brewers, too. Um, I have Brian McCann getting Rick Porcello, but Rick Porcello's been good. And the Yankees' offense has not been good. Uh, so, I it's Yankee Stadium. I trust Brian McCann within reason, but there are reasons to go other places. Uh, but but he's worth a mention, again, on a tough day. Um, even Rick Porcello. On a smaller day, I'd like more, but he's outclassed by a lot of aces. And then, um, I guess you could take Victor Martinez against Cole Hamels. Uh, in some formats, he's a catcher still. And I think that the Tigers will score runs against Cole Hamels. But I, I don't know that I love that match. I'm, it's hard to pick against Hamels either. But um, I'd agree that my favorite's probably Steven Vogt. Um, but, or Buster Posey. Uh, or Luke Roy. But um, I, I like Alex thinking somewhere cheaper. Like Ruiz, too. That's uh, a good idea to go. Not only cheaper, but maybe where a lot of other people aren't. And Carlos Ruiz, probably not that popular. Even though he'll have the advantage. Um, Alex, did you have any other catchers that we missed that, that we didn't get to before we move on? No, actually, I had Luke Roy tabbed, but yeah. again, he's kind of like, you know, if you're talking about elite catchers, so to yeah. speak, he's up there. So I figured he was going to be one of those popular plays today. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad, anybody else for you? Uh, there, there's a couple guys who, you know, maybe there's signs of life, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Martin's had a couple decent games lately. I uh, could finally be coming back to life. Uh, he's getting Kent Tomato tonight. That's not a great matchup, but yeah. uh, we, we don't have a full read on him yet as a pitcher. So uh, 
I saw it might be a point where Lee's adjusting. I saw a meme about how uh, Russell Martin shaved, and instead of having a beard, he now just has the mustache. And since then, he's hitting well. And how <laughs> that would be fun to read into. Um, but the takeaway from that is just that he's had a good couple games, at least. And I agree. Uh, it needs to show some signs of life because it had been ugly before that. But uh, if he keeps it up, we might be on mustache watch. Should be fun. Uh, and he's very cheap on FanDuel, which I think is the only place where you'd probably go and use him. Mm-hmm. Uh, down, down the basement price point. So, yeah. not from um, okay, uh, Brad, you want to get us started at first base, where usually we have a million options. I only wrote six names, which is plenty, but at first base, not actually that many. Um, how'd you do at first base? I, I think there's choices. Uh, you mentioned uh, the, the Tigers might be one of those places people go for mm-hmm. uh, targeting an actual good pitcher. Uh, Cole Hamill's just, you know, he has his days where he's a little overgrown, and, you know, the Tigers being the Tigers, all those lefty mashers in the lineup... I could see Miguel Cabrera having a good game. Uh, Victor Martinez is playing well. Uh, he kept a good game. He's actually a catcher in FanDuel still, so mm-hmm. that's another guy you could think about. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a couple of good options there. Also, like Twins tonight, uh, Biongo Park and Joe Maurer, uh, whichever mm-hmm. one you want to go with. Uh, both up against Matt Latos, who is going to have a bad outing sometime. Uh, yeah. it, it's not like he's pitching well. He's just getting good results. Yeah, uh, He's got a one-point-something ERA and like a... His peripherals are all in the high fours to high fives, like uh, XFIP and Sierra. Yeah. Uh, so it, it there's a lot of a lot of luck I think involved. Uh, he he's living in contact a little bit, uh, but uh, no whiffs at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're gonna get balls in play. Guys like Park, uh, you know, it's good for them who are a little strikeout prone. Uh, Mauer, it's not as big a deal because he's already someone who doesn't strike out. Yeah, Matt and I talk about Latos a lot because he's such a White Sox fan and he's had such a weird season so far. You know, like you said, great results. And I wanted to take a, a quick derail for a second to not just talk about Latos, but talk about a, a regression, which is something I was trying to tweet about the other day, but trying to talk about analytics and, and statistics and probability through Twitter is a really bad form for it. <laughs> but trying to talk about it with you guys uh, in conversation might be better. Um, just because somebody made a comment about how like he's going to regress really hard. Or, or I think somebody tweeted about how Jordan Zimmerman probably will too because he has like a under one ERA or something crazy. And right. uh, regression is kind of a, a misunderstood thing at times um, because just because... My point was that just because a guy gets lucky or, like, overperforms doesn't necessarily mean that karma is going to balance it out on the other side and he's going to have to be bad on the other side. Um, What we think of, and I think you'll agree with me, when we think of guys coming back to the mean is that they're going to start performing like we expected them to. Um, and so they don't necessarily have to be so bad that they end up in the middle. They're just going to perform more like the middle going forward. Um, and right. so, like, so Latos, or more like Zimmerman is probably a better example. Yeah, Zimmerman's not going to have a 1 ERA, but I don't think he has to necessarily have a 5 ERA next month so that he ends up in the middle at 3 like we expected. It's, if you think he's a 3 ERA pitcher, he's going to do that probably going forward. Not all of a sudden be bad. Like, I wouldn't run away from guys that have been lucky. I just wouldn't buy in. And the, the... Statistics probability uh, example is, like, if you're flipping 100 coins and the first 10 come up heads, 
you don't go, oh, I bet the next ones are going to be more tails to, like, balance it out. It's like, no, you're probably going to get 45-45 for the last 98 going on. Um, yeah, that, sorry, I, I needed to get that out because I tried to do it in Twitter the other day and it was not going to happen in 140 characters. Um, my point with that is just for your guys that are overperforming, whether it's Altuve's power or Latos or uh, Zimmerman, don't necessarily run away. Just try and keep your expectations close to where they were. So I don't think Latos is due for a 6 ERA or a 5 ERA. He's just due for about what you believed from him before, which might not have been much. I don't think many of us expected that yeah. much from him. I was going to say, I think I was already expecting a 5 ERA from yeah. him. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I like him better than I did in the preseason after this, but yeah, I'm not I'm not buying that much either. The lack of whiffs even just keeps his, yeah. his ceiling so low. Um, so... Uh, him getting the twins, I, I, I like Park. I like Maurer. Started to rail at and uh, and take off with that. Did, did you? Am I crazy? Did that at least make sense to you, Brad? Yeah, and a good example at the team level last year when the Astros were so good to start the year, mm-hmm. that got them to the postseason. They right. the, after that start, they're a you know, basically a 500 ball club, mm-hmm. and they're able to ride a hot April into October. Right. Uh, so you can get the same thing out of uh, players too. A guy like Zimmerman could ride it this start to a sub three ERA this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't see like l- somebody that's lucky and just run away thinking that oh they're gonna now have to be terrible. It's like no, they're probably now gonna be. Uh, what... so, sometimes you do get the hard regression. It seems like the Rangers tend to have a pitcher who outperforms expectations for a couple months and then just turns into goop, just I, awful. I think you saw all of that in one outing on Thursday from Derek Holland, whose ERA yes. just about doubled uh, in Toronto. Um, Alex, did you have anything about probability and, and regression now that I've turned the show into that? <laughs> Actually... Um... There was a paper that came out of my alma mater maybe like a couple of months ago about the conditional probability of coin flips and what they found, and I I don't remember what simulation it was that they used. Essentially, they determined that the conditional probability of flipping the same side of the coin twice in a row or X number of times in a row decreases as you keep flipping the coin. So as we conceptualize it, because it's a coin and there's two sides, it should be a 50% chance no matter when you flip it, no matter what the order of the outcomes are. But in this simulation, because of this concept of regression happening to coin flips, the conditional probability that you flip 10 heads in a row after the ninth head in a row goes down drastically just based on the nature of the probability of you flipping 10 heads in a row. And it was very weird to read that because it goes against everything we talk about. Mm-hmm. So I would have to, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to vouch for it, <laughs> even within the next 34 minutes that this is on the air. Yeah. But it gives slight merit to the idea that hard regression can occur, whether instantaneously or over time. And pitchers eventually finish at their expectation rather than perform like their expectation for the rest of the season. Sure. Um, so it's just something 
weird that I read that I actually don't know if I believe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that sounds. But it was a thing someone published, so. Sure. That sounds problematic, but interesting. Also sounds like a great paper that somebody wrote where they literally flipped coins, like at their deadline, where they're like, I need to write something, yeah. and I'm going to, let's flip coins. Flipped a million coins, try to figure out what. <laughs> this is my thesis, is coin flipping. Uh, that's cool. All right, Brad, sorry about that. You like Joe Maurer, you like uh, Byung-ho Park. I... Through all of that, I still agree on picking on Matt Lato, so I wasn't really trying to defend him that much. Uh, who else do you got at first base? I'll, uh, I'll go with one more. Uh, Chris Carter. Uh, yes. I like the matchup today against Adelman. Yeah. Uh, he, it's the good Chris Carter right now. We know he's streaky hitter, and he's got 10 home runs. He's tied with Bryce Harper for third in the league. Yeah. Uh, he's at a super homer-friendly park. He hit one last night, he hit two the other day, hit two the day before that, or maybe two days before yeah. that. Uh, he, he, he's running hot, and now's a good time to grab Chris Carter. And yep. he's also 3200 on FanDuel, so super cheap, too. He hit one off the Reds' bullpen on Thursday, and he hits the Reds again on Friday. Like, I'm I'm in on Chris Carter. I'm a Chris Carter guy, uh, especially in DFS, because I think those players are fun. I like the high-ceiling guys and hoping that they can connect, so... Yes, I big thumbs up from me for Chris Carter in general. Uh, Alex, uh, any first baseman stick out to you that you like? Yeah, I'll tell you once my computer unfreezes. Um, <laughs> I do like Indians today. Yeah. Um, especially the lefty Indians against Jordano. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you thinking? And I guess that would mean Santana. Yeah, he's he's been pretty not bad so far this year too. Yeah, I mean he's you know he is what he is, um, but he does excel against um, righties as a lefty, and um, he's fairly cheap. Um, he, what forty one hundred at DraftKings? I don't know how that compares to FanDuel. Um, so he's not a top flight option. He's kind of in the middle, but I'm also not as smitten with Jordano as most people are, um, and I think this might be an exploitable somewhat fertile matchup. I also like another Philly. Uh, I like Ruff. I like Darren Ruff today. Um, Mm -hmm. Partly because he's been so god-awful up until right now, um, which makes his price pretty much dirt cheap as far as first basemen are concerned. But he also like pretty much strictly only does damage to lefties. So if you're looking for like a wild card play, I would say that that would be your shot in the dark as mm-hmm. far as that's concerned. Um, and I do like Carter a lot. I like Carter a lot. Yeah. Um, we we talk about those guys that are unpopular being uh, good picks because if you take Darren Ruff, not only do you not have to pay anything for him, but nobody else has him. And if he hits a home run, which you could certainly do against a lefty, uh, nobody else gets those points and you get those points. And that can help you in the field, especially if you're playing in a big contest. So... Yeah, I don't think those, I think those, you know, off the track picks are, are pretty nice. Um, I like those guys. I wrote down Jose Abreu getting Ricky Nolasco, because I think picking against the Twins and Ricky Nolasco will be popular today. Um, that'll be, you know, uh, an obvious one, but not bad to go with. Uh, Joey Votto gets Tyler Cravey. We know that uh, Reds and, and Brewers game should have plenty of runs, uh, and that's going to be kind of, I've compared Chris Carter and Joey Votto just in terms of being opposites, where, Chris Carter is the volatile, high-ceiling, low-floor guy. Might give you a zero, might hit two home runs. And Joey Votto is not going to give you a zero. Uh, He's probably going to reach base, probably give you some points. And depending on your format and what you need, uh, him getting Tyler Cravey looks pretty good. 
Um, I wrote Miguel Cabrera getting Cole Hamels. And the only one I had is uh, Adrian Gonzalez getting Marcus Stroman. And again, typically I wouldn't pick on Marcus Stroman. But on a day like this with so many good pitchers that uh, he's not as elite as you'd think. And and I think Adrian Gonzalez could be okay in, in Toronto. Um, Brad, do you have any other first baseman we didn't mention? I think that about covers it. <laughs> yeah. It's a goodly list for this day. Yeah, for for this day, that's plenty. Um, at second base, I had another six names. I started with another lefty against Jordana Ventura. Um, that's Jason Kipnis. I think he'll be just fine. That's a fine matchup for him. I'm with Alex. I'm not a huge Jordana Ventura guy. There's talent there, but I'm not super sold. Um, I also have Ian Kinsler getting Cole Hamels. I'm really into leadoff guys when I think... When I think runs are going to be scored, but I don't know exactly who's going to do it, um, I think getting a, a chunk of the leadoff guy can be really helpful. Not only does he like to hit lefties, but a lot of the, the Detroit guys are, are going to be able to hit lefties, and so I think he could get involved in some scoring there, if not creating it on his own. Um, I wrote Scooter Jeanette getting Tim Adelman. I talked about the other day how I'm not really a Scooter Jeanette guy, but... Uh, when he gets a good matchup against a righty, and I think that the Brewers can score a bunch of runs, he could definitely be a part of that. And uh, on a day that's kind of tough for hitting, I don't blame somebody that wants to go Scooter Jeanette. The, the ceiling's not that high, but but there's points to be had there. Um, our boy Derek Dietrich, it's Vince Velazquez. Uh, predictably, Vince Velazquez has cooled off at least a little bit since striking out 16, but I think that there was only one direction to go from there. I still like him. I still think he's fun. I don't think it's a juicy matchup, especially in Miami, but uh, I still really like Derek Dietrich, and since we talked about him a week ago, Brad, he's been just fine. They keep playing him all over the yeah. place. He gets on base. He has some pop. Uh, if he gets a righty, I mean, he doesn't really hit lefties, but if he's getting righties, like, go for it. Um, I'm at second base. He kind of plays all over the place. Wherever you can fit him in, though, I think that it's an okay matchup for him. Um, my last two names, Robinson Cano gets Doug Fister. Robinson Cano, now of the power variety, uh, mm-hmm. should be just fine in Houston. Doug Fister has been bad. I wish he hasn't been, but he has been. So Robbie's totally fine. And then uh, Joe Panic getting Chad Bettis in the Rockies bullpen is in San Francisco, but he'll be okay with that. So those are my six. Um, Alex, did you have any second baseman that I did not list? <laughs> I kind of um, hogged them all. Yeah, no, I like the Cano and Kipnis picks. I mean, I again, I'm a little reluctant because those are some pretty fertile matchups. Mm-hmm. I kind of like uh, Logan Forsyth today against Rasmus. Okay. Um, and he's pretty low on the list. He's lower than, um, on DraftKings, he's lower than Devin Travis, which is saying a lot considering <laughs> Devin hasn't played a single game this year. Yeah. Um, and Forsyth has been having... You know, I mean, he's been having a fine season. Obviously, it's Babbitt-fueled, um, but he scores runs. Uh, you know, he fills all the categories, and he's facing Rasmus, who isn't... Um, he's not great. Yeah. You know, to, put it, to put it shortly, um, he's not great. Um, and so I think he could be a nice uh, kind of, like, low-price target. Um, I love Dietrich. I love Dietrich a lot. I feel like I'm one of few people who really like him, so I'm glad that you guys tout him on here. And I had someone else, and of course I didn't write it down. <laughs> um, I guess, like, oh, man, I hate Brett Lowry. Um, as a player or as a I, person? <laughs> I, as a player, before even considering his personality, I already don't like him as a player. Yeah. Um, but he gets, but but against when he gets, Alaska. Yeah. 
and he gets a matchup. I guess. Like I guess against. Yeah, I guess in Alaska he's you know I. I guess it's kind of a boomer bust play right there, and yeah. he's not especially expensive either. Um, and having the second base eligibility is nice. Um, so that's like my reluctant cheap pick, but I think I would more readily pick Forsyth over him, yeah. and who's already much cheaper. Yeah, so. I, I like that you mentioned Forsyth. He's a guy we liked a lot last year that we typically only mention against lefties because that's where he shined, and he was like a popular like lefty guy for us. And then he kept hitting so well that they started batting him leadoff, and they're batting him every day, and all of a sudden he becomes an everyday player. And usually I still like him more against lefties, but... You're right, Corey Rasmus is worth picking on, and when Corey Rasmus pitches, it's going to be half Angels bullpen. So I don't, I, I didn't have foresight, and actually, <laughs> uh, I, that's uh, worth considering for sure. Brad, did you have any second baseman we, uh, we didn't have? I still got two bargains yeah. left over. Uh, Brandon Phillips is 2300 on FanDuel, which is just a mispricing for a cleanup hitter against yeah. a bad pitcher at yeah. Great American Ballpark. He's not. Matt, Phillips he... isn't like a particularly good player or anything. It's just his situation is good. Yeah. And that's all he really needs sometimes. Uh, he provided good output yesterday on a 2,200 salary, and he's bumped up 100 dollars today. <laughs> yeah. The the phrase is that the hate has gone too far. That he's uh, yeah. You know, I, he's not what he used to be. But uh, yeah. Um, I and his his price on DraftKings at 3,700 not nearly as attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get some better values there, but on FanDuel, he's pretty hard to pass up with the ballpark, the batting cleanup, and then his matchup against the Brewers. Yes. Uh, other guy I'm looking at is uh, Cesar Hernandez, a uh, guy who hits better from the right side, so he, uh, he actually has a bit of power uh, when he's a righty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he has an opportunity to uh, maybe do a little bit of damage against Wei Yun Chen tonight and uh, Marlon's bullpen. Yeah. I also... Uh... Brad here. You sent me a message uh, while I'm rambling about Scooter Jeanette, which is good. It's better than getting tweets later. Scooter Jeanette on the disabled list for a few days now. Uh, I have not kept up on the Brewers infield clearly, so that makes Scooter yeah, Jeanette that. <laughs> a poor recommendation. Please, by all means, cut me off. I follow a lot of baseball, but clearly not all of it necessarily. So, uh, even though I don't often recommend Scooter Jeanette, even when I do, it's not a good day for him. Uh, looks like they're playing <laughs> Yadiel Rivera at second base. Maybe some Colin Walsh. Guys that I only in your really deep GBBs if you're feeling really lucky. But you hope for some points there. But there are plenty of other places to go second base. I really like that Brandon Phillips pick. Um, it, when when he's that cheap, that's a good place to go. Um, all right. Uh, third base. Alex, you want to get us started at third base? Anybody pop out to you there? Sure, yeah. I actually had quite a few more names than the other spots um i like uh, he's expensive on DraftKings. i like seager against fister yeah um for obvious reasons especially in houston um so let's just skip past that um oh cool i was going to recommend danny valencia um oh he's he's um he's being activated today that's why i wrote him down okay so um valencia is being activated and he um Faces Ubaldo. Yeah. That's the takeaway, is he faces Ubaldo. And he is, uh, he's underrated, I think. I mean, he's kind of high-priced today in DraftKings, but I think he um, has a nice matchup today against Ubaldo, just with handedness going on. I'm going to give you another Philly, just because I guess this is my Philly day. But I, I think 
Franco, and I, yeah. I don't even see him. I'm scrolling down real far, and I don't see him. Yeah, he's um, cheap. Here that, he is. That's thirty-four hundred. The probably the best Philly in the lineup, and a good matchup for him. I don't think there's right, any hesitation. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's in Miami. He has had a, but I'm not worried about it. Yeah, he, he hasn't had a great season so far, but I mean, he's uh, he's nice and cheap today. Yeah, facing a lefty. He's cheaper than Pablo Sandoval right now. I love doing these comparisons. As someone yeah. who doesn't do DFS very often, I see Pablo Sandoval's at 3,400, and A-Rod's at 3,300, and Michael is at 3,400. Yeah. So I, I think, as far as as far as corner infielders go, that's really cheap. And you know, we were all on the Franco train last year, so I don't know what DraftKings is thinking, but I I really like that price. The pricing metrics are really confusing, and I'm sure there's algorithms to it, and I I respect the research they put in, but they don't do any filtering at all, where you gotta go and be like, Devin Travis is on the 60-day DL or whatever, like, go ahead and remove him. Like, Sandoval's out for the year, (laughs) just go ahead and remove him. It shouldn't be that hard to be like, just take this guy off the list, you know? So, Uh, so you know, they used to kind of do that, and... what would happen is occasionally someone would come off the DL and they like wouldn't notice. Right. And right. so you'd be, be able out. to get like a really good player for twenty two hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And so I think they've just decided to leave their prices as is. And usually like when Devin Travis comes off the DL, you'll probably find that he costs a lot less than he does right now. Even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it I agree that it's always interesting to to check out. But um yeah, it sounds like Michael Franco is too cheap getting way in chin, even if he hasn't been great so far. That's a good matchup for him, um, and, and I think we believe in at least his talent. Uh, Brad, who do you have at third base? Where are you thinking of going? Uh, there, there's some options. Uh, I also like the Kyle Seeger pick uh, starting to show life again. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like normal Kyle Seeger. Uh, Nick Castellanos is looking good tonight against Cole Hamels. He's another guy who's running hot. and. Uh, you could big rapid fueled uh, season so far, but yeah. uh, you know as long as he's running hot, I, I don't see too much of a problem. There, there's something to hitters being locked in at times, and he's really mashing the ball. You know, big hard hit rates. Uh, it's not just a matter of uh, you know some bloops falling in. Yeah, he he came up with it this week. He's still 24. He's a former top mm-hmm. prospect that was known for hitting. I had admittedly kind of been over him, where I was like, yeah, he came up. He's a 10, 15 Elmer guy is not that good, but it's 24. He could grow into more, and he has hardly drawn any walks this year, so I'm a little bit hesitant, you know, but you don't right. think he's going to hit 380 or whatever he's hitting, but I'm not shying away. Again, this is that regression thing where, yeah, he's hitting 380. I don't think that means that he has to hit 200 from May for- forward, you know, I think turn- it's a good sign, you know. I- I'm not rushing out to trade for him or buy him necessarily, but yeah. I, I would expect that yeah. average to crater, but yeah. I think the power he's showing at least is mostly real. Yeah. And that's going to be what sticks around. If he turns out to be an 18, 20 homer guy, and then by the end of the year hits 290, 280, okay. You know. Uh, but yeah, no, I like this matchup for him. He likes to hit, prefers lefties, and gets Cole Hamels, and I think there's runs to be had there too. So I'm I'm a recent convert to the, the Nick Castellanos train, basically. Um, I had, uh, Jake Lamb getting Aaron Blair. Uh, Jake Lamb's been pretty alright this year. Another guy kind of living up to his potential. Not quite the, the pedigree that Castellanos has, but I think he's been interesting. Brad, are you on Jake Lamb at all? I know some people have been a little more interested than others. Yeah, I I like Lamb in general. Uh, I think he's been semi-sidelined with a 
shoulder injury. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like something that's particularly serious. It's mm-hmm. more Brandon Drury sitting well, and yeah. so they have an opportunity to rest Lamb. Yeah. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Make sure Lamb's in the lineup. But if he is, I think he's a fine pick today against Blair, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Do you would you consider Drury? I mean, he's right-handed, but he won't stop hitting. Is he a guy you're trying to fit against the Braves at all? Yeah, I think he could be a unpopular guy that you know has as much potential as some of the others at the position. Um, not the top tier guys, but uh, <clears throat> more of the second tier guys like a Franco or uh, you know, Lamb himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's power potential. There's multi hit potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. We had a question a week or so ago where somebody was asking if it was time to activate him in their keeper league, and I was like, I don't know that he has a full-time job, and he's continued to play and hit since then. I don't know if he has a full-time job the rest of the year still, but he's at least... He doesn't. (laughs) It's it's still going to be a lot of mix and match going on over there. Yeah. Um, Interesting guy, but I don't know if I'm all in yet. Um, I had Seager written down. I like that. Uh, Cassiano's Franco. Um, I wrote Todd Frazier getting Ricky Nolasco, not the mm-hmm. platoon advantage for him. I don't think it matters. I think that's a good hitter against the bad pitcher in a good park. And, you know, it's it depends on the cost and how it fits your, your stack. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with Todd Frazier at all. And then I wrote uh, David Wright going to San Diego and getting Drew Pomeranz. Uh, San Diego's not a great place to go, and Drew Pomeranz is pretty all right. But um, David Wright likes to hit lefties, and the Mets have been scoring runs, so I, I'm I'm okay with it. I don't think it's amazing, but he hits near the top of that lineup, and uh, I, I don't know. I've just always loved David Wright, and I think he could be okay. <laughs> so if you want to go there, that's an okay place for him. Um, I'm not as big of a Drew Pomeranz believer as a lot of people, but I think he's he's competent. Um, any third baseman for either of you that we didn't mention that we got to get to before we move on? Could drop a couple uh, more. No, but I, I want to. I do want to voice my love for Jake Lamb, who has been hitting balls hard <laughs> yeah. since his yes. debut and not popping up. Yeah. Um, so I think he's quietly putting together, um, actually a couple of nice seasons. I guess he doesn't have that many plate appearances now, but mm-hmm. his plate discipline is improving. Um, up to 12% walk rate. He's got a 2.21 ISO. Um, so he's. He's doing good things there in Arizona, and right now he's only 3200 on DraftKings, which makes him cheaper than any other option that we've mentioned today, as far as I've noticed, um, against Aaron Blair Yeah. with the platoon advantage. Yeah. So I would actually put him in basically every lineup today if I was playing. Yeah, and um, you got you to make sure he gets in over Drury, and he, and he had a good minor league uh, career, so, and he's still youngish, so there's, there's potential yeah. there. He's not a nobody. Um, Brad, who else did you have at third base? Um, I think we could talk about Manny Machado real quick, sure. uh, up against your favorite guy, Rich Hill. Yeah, you're, in a, you're picking against Rich Hill, you're nuts. I don't know, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, his price is kind of ridiculously cheap. Uh, For him? He's 4300 on DraftKings, which is pretty much an average player. Mm-hmm. And he's 4100 on Fandle, which is a little on the pricey end, but still cheap for him. Yeah. Uh, Given the hitter he is, I'm not shying away from Rich Hill. <laughs> yeah, you know he he he's a guy who I'd even consider using tonight. Hill, yeah. but still, you know, there, there's plenty of outcomes that involve him giving up five runs in four innings. Yes, and Machado hitting a three-run home run. So that, that's a guy you can consider. And then uh, someone who 
just deserves token mention every day, uh, Eugenio Suarez, uh, third baseman on uh, both sites now. Yes. Uh, so he's a nice option, too, today against Tyler Cravey. My boy, Suarez. Uh, I like him against lefties a little bit more, but when it's Tyler Cravey, I don't think it matters. I think that's just fine. And in the same vein as Todd Frazier, where you're like, it's just good hitter against bad pitcher. Go nuts. Sure, sure. Um, and, and one note on DraftKings, Suarez costs the same as Machado, so that would be a situation where you would use Machado. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Brad, who do you have at shortstop? I had six names, which honestly for shortstop is plenty, because that can be kind of a pain of a position. Yeah, it, it's it's a little funky tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I noticed on DraftKings is they've responded to Trevor Story's strikeouts, and... You know, his matchup against Madison Bumgarner, not something you're really going to want to go out and target. Sure. But he could make a you know, high-volatility uh, fade pick tonight. He likes to hit lefties. I don't know if yeah, he likes to hit that lefty. He's got, but... he's got a 3500 price tag on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could easily hit a home run. Yeah. yeah. It's just a matter of getting the right pitch and making contact. Yeah. <laughs> he's... He's definitely a, a top flight power hitter at, at the shortstop position. And, uh, you know, like I said, high risk, high reward there. Sure. Uh, also liking uh, Jonathan VR, uh, still hitting well. Yes. Uh, top the Brewers lineup now that Scooter Jeanette is injured. Yes. <laughs> uh, I lied. He... I said I don't pay attention to the Brewers infield. That's wrong because I love Jonathan VR. I, I liked him. I've liked him all year. For sure. The, the the crazy thing is he's walking a lot, and I don't know where this has come from. Not typical for him. Yeah, it's not typical. I've been saying it over Grest. He's got four walks in his last four games. Uh, it's not showing signs of stopping anytime soon. And he's facing really bad teams. And I think it. that's really the big thing is he's just playing a lot of really bad pitchers. Yeah. And that's helping him reach base, helping him steal bases. And uh, another day where he could reach base multiple times and maybe steal one or two. He knows somebody's coming for his job, and he needs to either out-hit Scooter Jeanette or uh, Aaron Hill to stay in uh, once Arcia shows up. <laughs> I think up. we know which one he's winning. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, no, I like VR. He's switch hitter. He runs. He has a little bit of power, and he was always one of those like better fantasy player than real-life guys because he didn't walk and reach base, but if he's doing that, I don't know. He gets Tim Adelman. He gets the Reds bullpen. I think the Brewers are going to score runs. Uh, I don't. I don't even know that that's a punt for me. I think he's a just fine pick at shortstop for sure. Um, yeah. Who Who else are you thinking? Uh, I know those guys. I don't mind Brandon Crawford tonight as a guy who you know has power and pop and can hit a home run mm-hmm. up against Chad Bettis, who's reasonably decent at sea level. Yeah. Uh, not not so great one at cores, but a, a guy who has. Okay stuff, uh, mid-rotation, back-of-the-rotation type. Uh, on a, a better team would be you know, someone we talk about streaming a lot more often than we do as a Rocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Crawford, decent matchup, platoon advantage, which isn't a huge deal for him. And uh, you know, AT&T Park's never really somewhere you want to go for power, but he's proven he can hit it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, who do you have at shortstop? Anybody in this tough position stick out to you? Yeah, I, um, not really. Uh, I kind of like Marte. Yeah. And this is mostly just the anti-Fister stack at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he does have the platoon advantage. I'm not going to say the handedness because I don't want to screw it up. 
but I'm just going to say that I think he's got the platoon advantage. He's a switch hitter, um, so he's always oh, there. You go. See, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that. It shows what I know. But he's Don't listen well. to me. Um, he's but he's doing... kind of ex- he's kind of expensive. Yeah. Um, 3,800 is the sixth most expensive on DraftKings, which kind of surprised me. But then I saw VR at number two. Um, so you know, if DraftKings wants to explain their algorithm to me, I'll, I'll <laughs> gladly listen. Um, I mean, I do love VR, though. I didn't want to make that sound like I don't, because I really like him. They're, they're um, very sensitive I, to matchups. Yeah, I bet. Um, I'm looking at Rollins here, and obviously this is very tenuous based on if he's even playing uh, and if he decides to show up when he does play. <laughs> um, but against Nolasco, um, I do like it, so I guess that would be kind of like a game-time decision to see if he's like... I don't know, actually playing or not. Yeah. Um, oh, it's such a thin position, but I'm looking at Tulo yeah. at 3,200, who is as expensive as Jose Reyes. I love doing this. As expensive <laughs> as Jose Reyes and Johnny Peralta. Um, you know, against Maeda, yeah, he's kind of, I wouldn't say he's an unknown quantity. We've seen some nice things from him. Um, he's not like a fit darling or anything. Um, and too low is due, as they say. I mean, yeah. he's been pretty terrible, but I think if you're looking for kind of a boomer bust option in a formerly, maybe not even formerly, like currently elite player who's just struggling, too low is really cheap today. Right. Um, so he might be someone who, he might be actually really popular for that reason. Um, I haven't been tracking his price, so I don't even know. But if he's been cheap for a while, I imagine that people are losing interest. So I think that might be an interesting play. Um, maybe not the best advised play, but it, it could be, you know, it could turn out well. I, I like Tulo. He's been struggling, and that's driven his price down. I like him partly because we know he can go off, but also he's in that Toronto lineup that can go off. We saw that on Thursday, that all of a sudden, if they click, they can blow up for double-digit runs, and it's easy for him to be a part of that. And so that's the upside for that there. Not only does he offer plenty of upside on his own, but... If he's if things go right and they can, you know, and I don't think the Dodgers bullpen is that amazing outside of Kenley Jansen. So if things get away from Maeda, uh, I could see that for sure. Um, I, I had Kettle Marte also getting Doug Fister. He's kind of down in the lineup, but again, switch hitter and Doug Fister's been so bad that's fine. I like Jimmy Rollins. Just you know, if he has a pulse in his playing against Nolasco, I'm in on that as well. Um, I had Francisco Lindor getting Jordano Ventura. Again, if you're picking more Indians, I don't think you're crazy to, to pick against Ventura. Um, and Lindor just continues to be pretty darn good. I think he's a relatively safe pick, also a switch hitter. Um, the, uh, I guess the only other name I had, yeah, it was Brandon Crawford. So I was there with you, Brad, um, about the, the same guys. So there are actually a fair amount of options at shortstop. I don't know if there are any slam dunks, but there's plenty of places to go. We all mentioned VR. Uh, it's, it's just kind of fun to see him become borderline mainstream uh, as an option. Um, Brad, did you have any other shortstops before we move on? Uh, Seth Cozart is a good one. Uh, part of that Cincinnati stack should just be a popular stack in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bats lead off, very bat fueled right now, but you know, making contact and putting balls in play is... You know, what you need sometimes in DFS, uh, he's still a good price tag and a uh, good pick, mm-hmm. at least on FanDuel. And then uh, Gene Segura up against Aaron Blair. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to avoid Aaron Blair. Yeah. I Yeah, we'll get to Aaron Blair when Matt and I try and pick, uh, fill the streams options, of which, of which there are not many for Friday. <laughs> uh, 
So in the outfield, um, not as deep as usual, but still options. I wrote, I did actually write a Baltimore name against Rich Hill. I do love Rich Hill. I don't like picking against them, but Mark Trumbo is just on fire. Um, uh, Mark Trumbo also not walking. Um, Brad, how do you approach this with a guy who won't take a walk, but is pounding the ball, especially against lefties going up against Rich Hill, who often doesn't throw strikes? I can't tell if this makes for a great matchup for, for Trumbo or a terrible one. I'm, I'm intrigued either way, but you know, uh, I would not be surprised if Rich Hill just doesn't throw him a strike knowing that he's not going to take a walk, right? Uh, yeah, that, that's definitely a possible outcome here. Yeah. Uh, it, the thing with guys who don't walk, it, it, it increases their volatility. Yeah. Uh, so you're, Theoretically, you'll get more balls in play. I don't know if that's really true of Trumbo, but yeah. uh, theoretically, you get more balls in play. Uh, you get more outs and more hits and less OBP. Yeah. And so you're looking at a lower floor and a higher ceiling. Yeah. I, Trumbo is walking low even for, like, for him. He never really walked much. I'm like, man, he's really not walking now. And you're like, that should be bad. Nope. He's just pounding it. He's just been awesome so far this year. Uh, pretty perplexing player. So I'm interested by that matchup. Um, it's at least worth, worth noting. I have Josh Reddick and Billy Burns getting a ball defense because why not? I think it's fine to pick those guys in Baltimore. Um, I have Michael Brantley getting your Dan Aventura. Michael Brantley had been pretty bad so far this year. Um, pretty limited sample. Is that shoulder thing? I'm not, pumped on it but he had four hits on thursday and that raised his batting average like 80 points um and i don't know that, that means he's like ready to break out and hasn't figured out but still it's not a bad sign having four hits uh so we'll see uh if you want to pick him against ventura i i don't think you're nuts um i have jd martinez getting cole hamels you want more of those tigers righties I wish I could pair him with Justin Upton, but I need to see a little bit more from Justin Upton, who can't hit anything right now. Um, I still believe in Martinez, at least. I'm fine with that, that righty on lefty. Um, I have Jay Bruce getting Tyler Cravey. Jay Bruce is doing what you'd expect from him. He's hitting about 250 with five home runs, uh, maybe 240. Not a great average, but the power is there. It's kind of... It never went anywhere. He can, he can still hit okay, and when he gets bad Brewers pitching, I think that's fine for him. I have Ryan Braun getting Tim Adelman. Um, not the platoon advantage, but I don't think it should matter. They've been doing good uh, rest management for him and his back, and it's been paying off well. He's hitting just fine. Not MVP level Ryan Braun, but certainly good enough to hit the Reds, hit Adelman in the Reds bullpen. I don't think that's a bad pick at all. I have Christian Yelich against Vince Velazquez. Um, I think, I mean, Yelich is also still really darn young, and he's been an on-base monster. That's a pretty pretty decent uh floor for him, and he likes to hit righties. I have Adam Eaton getting Ricky Nolasco, because again, I think if if you're going to get White Sox scoring runs against the Twins, he can lead off there and be a part of that, and he's been hitting just fine this year. Um, my last two are Giants outfielders getting Chad Bettis, probably Hunter Pence and Denard Span, if you think they're going to score against him and, and get some uh, runs on him and the bullpen, I, I don't have a problem with that. And my last one is the right-handed Mets outfielder, Yoenis Cespedes, getting left-handed Drew Pomeranz in San Diego. Yeah, it's San Diego. It's not the best place to hit, but um, I think that he can do damage in that matchup and, and be okay there. 
that was a long-winded rundown. Uh, Brad, are any of those guys currently on the disabled list that I blew it on? Anything <laughs> that, uh, I, I think you, I think you avoided the disabled list with this one. Um, was there anything that really stuck out to you there that I'm crazy for? Or you really like? No, nothing crazy there. Uh, there. There's plenty of good picks too. Yeah. Uh, there, there's always a billion options in the outfield when you got yeah. a 14 game plate. It doesn't matter how many good pitchers there are. Sure. Uh, the one thing you mentioned not being on the Upton bandwagon, and yeah. I can't say I am either, but he does cost three thousand on DraftKings, which mm-hmm. is ludicrously cheap. Uh, a good way to. Uh, Get somebody with a high ceiling and still use, say, no Syndergaard and Madison Bumgarner in your lineup. Sure. Yeah. So it, we keep talking about some of these guys. We're like, they've been bad, but if they're bad enough, long a time, long enough time, the uh, the price goes down. You're like, you know what? I'm interested if they're that cheap. You know, uh, I'm okay with it. If two lows that cheap, you know, uh, those kind of guys. Sure. Um, Brad, who did you have uh, in the outfield that you like? Uh, so you mentioned Jay Bruce. Uh, Billy Hamilton costs 2400 on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. I'd certainly give him a look against Tyler Cravey. They've been hitting him at the top of the lineup lately, mm-hmm. either first or second. And uh, as long as he's healthy enough to play, he's had, like, hand and thumb injuries lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he's in the lineup, a uh, guy who could steal on Jonathan Lucroy, who's yeah. given up the most stolen bases in the league right now. He doesn't throw anyone out. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he's doing okay with it. Like he has a 32% caught stealing rate, which is pretty much like average mm-hmm. uh, for a catcher. But everyone's running on him. No one's you know laying back. And uh, Hamilton's a guy who should be able to take bases easily off of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue, of course, is getting on base, and uh, he's never really good at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, anybody else for you in the outfield? Uh, Miguel Sano. Uh, Good play today against mm-hmm. Matt Latos. Uh, again, I mentioned with Biano Park, a uh, guy who strikes out a lot against a guy who doesn't really induce strikeouts. And I think that really comes back to favor the hitter because they're not really swinging through anything. Uh, you get foul balls instead of actual outs. And, uh, you know, foul enough off, you're eventually going to get one you like and can rip. So I think you get good results from Sano today at uh, USL Cellular Field. Um, Alex, were there any of those outfielders that you're definitely on, and there were anybody you liked that we didn't mention in the outfield? Yeah, there's a few. Um, I see on the front page, I see Cruz, Brantley, Reddick, Davis, mm-hmm. Chris Davis, K, Chris Davis, all fine options. A little more expensive, uh, but rightfully so. I do like Eaton, and I think to go along with Eaton, I would roll out Melky today. Okay. Um, he is nice and cheap at 3000 Um High contact guy um, has the platoon advantage? Question mark. Switch hitter. Um, so, he yes. is a lefty, right? I'm not crazy. Melky is a switch Okay, hitter. that's why yeah. I hate myself. Um, and so <laughs> I, I do like that play because he um, he should give Nolasco fits. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, I also think um, so. I, I have my you know Lamb. I would roll out in every lineup, and I think I'd roll out Seth Smith in every lineup. Has the platoon advantage against Doug Fister in Houston. Blows my mind. Um, 3,600 is not bad at all for that. Um, he only hits righties. Um, yeah. So I think if you're going to use Seth Smith ever, it would be today. Um, and I like David Peralta, who's only 3,400 against Aaron Blair. That's, right. um, that's also a pretty fertile matchup. Um 
And I think I was looking at cheap guys. I see Yosmani Tomas and also Odubel Herrera, um, both 3,000, both high walk, not high walk. Tomas is not a high walk guy. Odubel's a high walk guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both giving pitchers fits, putting up at least a respectable floor. Um, and Tomas against Blair could actually um, produce a nice ROI on his price. Um, so I think those are two guys. If is if you're going with a high priced lineup, they're nice cheap options that you could fill out your outfield with and not throw those picks away. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Brad, do you have any other outfielders that we didn't get to that need to be mentioned? I don't, I don't think there's anyone who really needs to be mentioned. I, <laughs> I will say I do like the Seth Smith pick. I said well. The mm-hmm. only caveat with him and DV. DFS is that he sometimes gets pulled, yeah. and uh, you know that's never pleasant to have your guy in there three at bats and then just uh, you know, disappear and don't get the last at bat or two. Yeah, I like him though for sure. Still, I, I, the, the, I think the price is right to use him, and the matchup's very good. Mm-hmm. All right, Brad, I'm gonna give you the honor of trying to help us, and what the heck <laughs> we're gonna do with pitching? Um, let's start. Got a few questions here. Uh, somebody asked us about uh. Pineda against Boston tonight. He's, you know, the top of the the schedule, at least. He's one of these guys that's always had really great peripherals, but the results haven't shown up, maybe partly because of his home park. Um, Do you like Pineda specifically at home against against Boston tonight? In the scope of DFS, I'm not a big fan. I think if you're talking about normal fantasy, which uh, I got a question about Pineda on... uh, I, in my column, Daily Grind, and so I'm going to guess maybe this is the same guy. Uh, if you're thinking about normal fantasy, yeah, he's a guy I can start tonight against the Red Sox. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a, a risky start, but uh, you, you drafted him knowing that these kind of things were going to happen and probably were planning to use him through them. Uh, I think you got to kind of stick with that uh, when you make the choice. Uh you know, if it's like a head-to-head type thing and you're working on, uh, you know, certain stats, uh, you're just going to play it by ear, uh, which ones are most important to you. Uh, obviously, he's a guy who can get some strikeouts and maybe a win, uh, but, uh, you know, there, there's going to be some risks to your ERA with at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, also had a question on Drew Pomeranz, or what we thought of Drew Pomeranz. He's at home, which is nice for him, and he's done... Done well there. He gets the Mets, who have been hot, but I mean they struggled with Colin Ray last night. Uh, do you like Drew Pomeranz at all? I picked him as my bargain pitcher today, and it's a, it's a pure fade. Yeah, uh, you're everyone's going to be in on Noah Syndergaard. I I don't even know if I have the heart not to pick him myself, even though I expect pretty crazy ownership rates. Mm-hmm. And giving all the pitchers today, there's someone's going to do better than Noah Syndergaard. Mm-hmm. So uh, mathematically, you probably should pick someone else. Uh, my heart says don't do it. Uh, but a, a good fade choice is Pomeranz. Uh, he's he's pitching really well, and he's doing it because he's throwing his curveball basically 50% of the time. And curveball's really good pitch for him. Fastball's eh. And he's got like a show me changeup that doesn't really work. Uh, he, he's not a starter. And I don't know why teams keep trying to use him as a starter. He's a really good reliever. Padres. Uh, that's why. Yeah, the, the Padres, the A's, the Rockies. The Rockies, I don't know why they try to play yeah. baseball anymore. <laughs> just uh, just let Noah Arenado pitch or something. Uh, can't, can't get anywhere, so get another hitter in the lineup. 
but yeah, Pomeranz uh, has a high ceiling for strikeouts today. The uh, risk, obviously, the Mets have a good lineup. Uh, could definitely turn around a big game against him. Yeah. All right. So of the bajillion other options, uh, <laughs> who are you thinking of going? Uh, like if, if you're playing, you're playing in your invitational in the daily grind invitational. We have the link there. If you want to play with Brad and some other Rotographs people, you can sign up there. Uh, don't necessarily have to tell us who you're definitely going to pick, but who are you considering going with, um, when you play? So my dummy lineup, I usually just, uh, enter something. And I usually am, try to be pretty serious with my pitchers uh, when I'm doing that. And that has Madison Bumgarner and Lois Syndergaard. Okay. And so uh, going go for the big names right. uh, there. And I think it's completely warranted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, there's there's enough guys who are bargains that have potential today that you can get away with using a couple of really expensive pitchers. Uh, it, at the same time, I mentioned there's so many guys. One of them's going to do well and uh, provide bargain production. Uh, could be Tyron Walker against the Astros. They strike out quite a lot. Yes. Uh, you know, there, there, there's any number of guys really who could be the one. Uh, Chris Archer's another one I'm watching up against Mike Trout and uh, his uh, lackeys. Uh, he, he's, uh, he, he has the potential to be the top pitcher any day he pitches. Uh, he can yeah. throw eight innings, strike out 15. Uh, he's been inconsistent this year, but I wouldn't necessarily shy away from him as a high risk, high reward pick. On a on a day like this with so many good pitching options, what's the strategy? Is it that everybody's going to get points from their pitchers, so you better too? Like you can't punt pitching because everybody's going to have awesome ones, or do you fade it? Like how do you approach a heavy pitching day like this? Do you just have to go in and get the aces as well? Uh, it, it'll depend a bit on the matchups that are available to you. So mm-hmm. uh, today... I haven't quite figured it out today, I'll be honest. Uh, there, there's this Reds-Brewers game, and there's a lot of cheap players that makes it easy to pick a Noah Syndergaard if you're using them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue is that I think that game's going to be extremely popular. Yes. And so you're going to be picking a very popular pitcher, very popular hitter, so all of a sudden you have no differentiation in your GPP. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're doing a 50-50 that's different, uh, you can totally go ahead and... You know, go with that type of thing, even if it is popular, because you're 50-50 usually, at least my approach to it, I don't play them too often, is to just get the best guys, regardless of ownership rate. I don't care if they're really owned. I just mm-hmm. want them to be you know, the best overall combination of value. Uh, guys with high floors, too. So, yeah, in general, I'm looking at that Reds and Brewers game as the, the big place for hitting. Uh, can also get some Diamondbacks. They're a little more expensive. Uh, we talked about some guys against Giordano who has the potential to shut people down, but also might have a bad outing. He's got some worrisome peripherals these days. Uh, so, uh, you know, Cleveland guys, uh, slightly more expensive too, but not very pricey. And then, uh, yeah, there, there aren't too many more stacks beyond that that I'm feeling too confident about. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, a million options here at Pitcher. If you're playing DFS, uh, which one of these are jumping off the page to you? Obviously, Syndergaard looks amazing. Bumgarner is always great. Archer's really good. <laughs> There's plenty more, though. What do you think you, you're trying to pick here? Or where would you go? Yes. You, yeah. So, I don't know how I would begin to craft my strategy. <laughs> There's, I guess, two schools of thought in the sense that you you roll out Syndergaard and just 
simply try to keep pace with everyone, or, and I have this feeling that it's just going to be one of those days where the the matchup is so obvious and it's so exploitable, it's just going to be one of those days where Syndergaard totally blows up. Mm-hmm. And you <laughs> capitalize yes, on that by go. not... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you capitalize that on, on that by not choosing him. And I, I've seen... I, I only played maybe... I played a few dozen games last year, and I felt like every time there was a matchup like this that was just so obvious it punches you right in the face that that pitcher just blew up for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't make any sense, but the Padres could somehow get to Cindergard today. So with that said, I would might I might look at Granky. Um, yeah. Obviously, very disappointing so far, but he's facing the Braves and he's facing Aaron Blair. So his odds of winning this game are about as high as they'll ever be. Right. Um, so if you want to sneak away with a win there, that's a good shot. I think Stroman is a little underrated against the Dodgers, who are not hitting red or righties very well. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, just looked at it. 86. Uh, weighted runs created. Um, that's 23rd in baseball against righties. Only a 123 ISO. So they're actually not hitting righties very well right now. Yeah. Um, so I might give Stroman a little bit of attention. Um, aside from that, I mean, Salazar is kind of low at 8,800. Um, I'm not thrilled about it, but the price is all right. Yeah. Pineda is Royals, pretty low. I don't think the Royals are as scary as they we typically think they are. They're still not a good matchup, but I don't think they're a complete stay away like they have been in recent years. Right. Yeah. Pineda is a, definitely a boomer bust. I guess if David Ortiz doesn't hit two home runs off of him, <laughs> it's a good day. Um, yeah. So with that caveat, you know, 7,100, he could put up a nice strikeout total and just pray that he keeps the ball in the park. Yeah. So... Um, Otherwise, it's 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 a tough it's a tough lineup today. Yeah, there's there's a lot of places to go. Um, I will not spend an hour on Rich Hill, but I think <laughs> my my thing on Rich Hill is always he has the potential. Also, like Chris Archer, has the potential to be the best pitcher on the day. A lot less likely, but like the ceiling's there. He can go eight scoreless with eleven strikeouts. It's totally possible. And this Baltimore lineup is one that strikes out. He can also totally roll over and not do anything for you. So I wouldn't put all the eggs in one basket, but if you want to make a lineup around Rich Hill, he has the ceiling everybody else has. Not nearly as trustworthy, but the ceiling is there. Um, so I'm I'm at least interested in Rich Hill. Um, Cole Hamels against Detroit is not a great matchup, but Jordan Zimmerman on the other side, like I said, I don't not trust Jordan Zimmerman just because he's been so good. Uh, I think Texas is decent, but... If you can afford it, I think Zimmerman is as good an ace as any. Getting the Rangers, he'll, he'll be just fine. I think Zach Greinke is almost as good as Syndergaard, uh, just because I think the Padres are better than the Braves. I think the Braves are becoming one of those matchups, and Zach Greinke should be just fine there. I'm I'm all in on Greinke. There's some question marks, but the matchup's too good to avoid. Um, we didn't even talk about the Pittsburgh and St. Louis. That's Francisco Liriano against Carlos Martinez. Both those guys are fantastic. Both those guys can have ace-like days, and both the matchups are not that bad. We didn't pick any hitters from either of them because they're both pretty good. If you pick Liriano, I mean, maybe the worst thing you can say about their matchup is that they're facing each other, and that if you're unlucky, they get into a, a pitcher's duel, you know, and keep each other from a win. But there's strikeouts there and good innings from either of them. Uh, there's just a ton of options. I don't think any of them, any of those are wrong. 
Um, I think the takeaway here is with that many options, even ace-like options, you don't have to get that cute with it. You don't have to go with a guy that doesn't have a good ceiling. So, like, I like Rick Porcello, and the Yankees aren't hitting that well. And on a different day, it might be a fun pick for me. But it, I just I don't need to go there today. Uh, go somewhere that has more more of a, a ceiling for you. Might as well uh, take Taiwan Walker in Houston because he could do something awesome, you know. And I don't know what the ceiling really is for Porcello. Um, those kind of things. Pomeranz I, I like is a is a fade, but I don't think it's the same ceiling. Um, and you even mentioned Chad Bettis going to San Francisco is is a real deep one, not the great ceiling either. But I don't know. I haven't seen a pitching day like this, at least to this volume. Um, we've seen, you know, on smaller slates, a lot of options, but this is just so many guys that, that yeah, I like, I I like just the cliff notes of it. I like Hill, I like Zimmerman, I like Granke, I like Walker, Liriano, Martinez, Archer, Bumgarner, Syndergaard. It's any of those, it'd be fine. Um, so yeah, I, my personal strategy is you would have to spend the money though. I wouldn't want to go, I wouldn't want to punt at pitcher at all because other people are going to be getting points there, uh, somewhere, so. Um, Brad, did you have anybody that absolutely need to be mentioned before we get move on? No, we, we, we ran this down real well. Um, I mentioned it's also a really tough, uh, day for Matt and I in our field of streams contest. We pick a streaming pitcher every day. There's so many pitcher options because they're all good. And the problem is none of them are less than 50% owned in Yahoo leagues, which is the problem here for us. Uh, some of them came close, but even like Pomeranz, even Matt Latos is, is over owned. So Matt and I get a pick between Aaron Blair, Doug Fister, and Chad Bettis, basically. And uh, Matt's taking Chad Bettis in San Francisco. I like Aaron Blair a little more than most people, and just to avoid having the same pick as Matt, I'm taking Aaron Blair. I don't feel good about it. I'm not recommending the streamer, but uh, he's eligible for the contest. Um, and then on Saturday, I asked the two of you to at least look at the weekend and see if there's any... Um, Matchups on Saturday and Sunday that you think either are good matchups for streamers or, more importantly, just fun games you think are going to be interesting to watch, matchups that you're excited for. Um, on Saturday, there's much more streaming options. Um, Carnes is going to Houston. Hellickson's going to Miami. Uh, but Matt and I both got to go with Bartolo going to San Diego. I think Bartolo can still be a streamer. He gets the Padres. That's a good matchup for him. He's eligible. He's not that owned. Uh, and so Matt and I are both taking him on Saturday. Uh, Brad, did anything stick out to you uh, for Saturday that at least on the schedule made you go, oh, I want to play that, or oh, I want to watch that? Uh, Jonathan Gray, uh, good pitcher's park at AT&T. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's a good pitcher at sea level. Uh, talked about that with Bettis a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another guy who uh, big strikeout potential can throw six maybe a little more in six innings yeah, and could get 10 strikeouts. Uh, still not a fantastic matchup or anything uh, up against Johnny Cueto. Yeah. Uh, so probably won't get a win, but you know, it, it's as good a day as you're going to get for Jonathan Gray. And he's not bad when it comes to a streaming guy. No, he's really interesting on the road. Matt and I took him in San Diego the other day and he had a bad first inning and then settled in and was awesome. You know, it's, I'm worried he's going to become one of those guys you just can't take in Colorado, but you like on yeah. the road. I think he pretty much already is. Yeah. I know his stuff looks like it should work at Colorado, but it hasn't. Yeah. And until we, we see that happen, I think uh, you just have to play it safe. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I, I like that on Saturday. It's an interesting day. Tom Kohler is the guy we used to like streaming at home, but hasn't been so good this year. Um, yeah. And Jesse Hahn's going to Baltimore. I'm at least a little intrigued by by Jesse Hahn. Um, Alex, do you have anybody on Saturday, any matchups that jumped off the, the calendar for you? Uh, Cologne was absolutely the guy that I'd be yeah. starting in any lineup. Yeah. Um, pretty Start. much no matter the price. Yeah. He's just, wow, just perpetually underrated um maybe rightfully so but i i love cologne um i like jimmy nelson against cincinnati Mm -hmm. uh that could be fruitful um don't know what the pricing is going to be like on david price versus the yankees um but i think if you roll out a lefty versus the yankees and if if he's taking a hit for the kind of slow start that he's had i could see that being like a nice cheap ace option Mm-hmm. Um, if that was something you'd be inclined to do, yeah. Sure. And then um, on Sunday, uh, a few more options as well. Nick Tropiano gets the Rays, which is interesting. Uh, Stephen Wright gets the Yankees. I was on Stephen Wright last week. He, I don't think he's going to stay this good. Yeah, I think he's going to regress, but so far so good for for Stephen Wright. That's going to be Sunday night baseball. It's at Yankee Stadium. It's not a great matchup for him, but just in general, he just quality start every time out and. Uh, I don't know. It's just fun to have a knuckleballer doing well. It looks like Ari Dickey's probably on his way out, and I would love to have at least one knuckleball pitcher that's competent in uh, in <laughs> major leagues. And so Stephen Wright's settling in. I mean, he's 31, so I don't think he's like ushering in some new, you know, great career. But uh, it'd be nice to have him stuck in a rotation pitching okay. And the Yankees aren't hitting, so that's interesting. But Matt and I are going with Chris Tillman uh, getting uh, the A's at home. I don't wouldn't say that we trust Chris Tillman per se, but uh, in terms of ownership rates and uh, streaming, uh, the A's aren't a terrifying matchup, and uh, Chris Tillman could do okay at home against them. Um, Brad, who sticks out to you on Sunday uh, off the calendar? I'm a little bit fascinated with Josh Tomlin, a guy who, I have a couple of K-to-walk leagues, Mm -hmm. and so he's a guy who really jumps up the the leaderboards in that type of format, uh, just because he's on the walk people. Mm-hmm. And so he he definitely has my attention uh, more more as just someone who's fascinating. Uh, the matchup against the Royals, I don't think that's a bad one for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Cleveland. Uh, it's tough on righty hitters, uh, not so much on lefties. He's a little homer prone. Uh, the Royals have enough lefties in the lineup that it could pr- pretty much turn into a disaster. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm fascinated by it. Sure. And then uh, John Lamb, a guy who a lot of my fellow analysts like. I'm not really on the bandwagon, but I'll be paying attention against uh, Junior Guerra and the Brewers. Yeah. And then, um, Alex, did you have anybody on Sunday or at least any games that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch that or, or any matchups that have your attention? I am interested in Tyler Duffy a little bit. Um, he had, like, a quietly nice season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, currently has – I'm – I guess I'm going to do the math right now. He has like a 4 to 1 K to walk ratio right now. It's exactly 4 um K to walk ratio right now too. So he's actually a little bit like Josh Tomlin who doesn't have like elite strikeout upside but manages his base runners and it it's not a great matchup against the White Sox especially given where they are right now. Um but I think he could be a nice cheap streamer especially if he replicates anything uh, like what he did last year, and right now he's on the way to doing that. So um, 
he's a name I've been watching for a little while now. So I, I don't know if I would trust him tomorrow, um, but if I was really looking to kind of exploit a cheaper matchup or stream someone in a in a daily league, I would be looking at Duffy. True, true. Uh, yeah, he's at least worth watching. Uh, I find him interesting. Um, somebody in that rotation has to be, I feel like, at least worth looking at. Um, Barrios. Yeah, and Barrios is here to at least <laughs> also be interesting because they need it. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that should about do it for us heading into Friday. Tons of options. Big pitching day should be fun. Um, Alex, you got anything you've been writing at Rotographs lately you want to promote or anything we should check out? <laughs> Is it bad if I say no? no? Not really. Um, I'm trying to do a little bit of work. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to do a little bit of work with the shift data that got added. I think it kind of took a backseat to all the stat cast stuff, which was way more exciting. But I think finally having publicly available uh, shift data will be nice to start incorporating into things like batting average on balls and play and stuff like that. So I think, you know, while we're very enamored with launch angles and exit velocity, um, I think it's about time we finally really pegged how effective the shift is. And I know there's some research out there, but I'd like to just do it on my do you know do it on my own, figure sure. it out. So sure. And so that's it. Rotographs. Alex is on Twitter at. Dolph Haldgen, Haldhagen? Help me out here. <laughs> yeah, Dolph Haldhagen, yeah. Okay. Is there a story, or is it better left untold? Um, do either of you... Are either of you familiar with Homestar Runner? The website? I remember it. Yeah, okay. So I don't know if that's, like, specifically my generation. And that's not saying a whole lot about generations, because I think we're all pretty close in age. But it was, a. Uh, it's is I think still uh, an online like cartoon, mm-hmm. and it's this really obscure reference about um, one of the characters is trying to cover up. He's like he's he's in denial about the fact that he goes to swim practice on Friday. So he said he says nope, I don't go to swim practice. Instead, I take battle axe lessons at the rec center uh, with Dolph ha- Dolph Haldhagen. He's his uh, Swedish uh, Viking battle axe. Uh, instructor so that's it's just a bizarre obscure reference but i I don't know why i chose that but i I, uh, you know that's what it is so i enjoy that (laughs) that's good uh brad is on twitter at baseball 18 brad what do you got going on this weekend what have you been writing what's going on in brad's world (laughs) uh you you know lots of the lots of the normal stuff uh plenty of dfs picks Uh, i seem to have this year fallen into i'm doing either dfs or dynasty stuff uh, mm-hmm. So very different uh, corners of fantasy baseball. Yeah. Uh, but uh, def- definitely a lot of interesting uh, stuff going on out there. Uh, it's nice to keep track of all the prospects up on Rise too. Cool. Um, yeah, Brad, how's the uh, daily grind invitationals going? We have that posted up here too. <laughs> the uh, th- they're pretty successful in general. Not so much for my bankroll. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Which uh, it's not like I set them up to make money or anything. I'm mostly there to have fun with the other guys and mm-hmm. uh, you know, get a little community together. Cool. And I, I think we're succeeding in that aspect. Eventually those... I'm going to straight out win one of these. It'll happen someday. Are they going yeah. five days a week, seven days a week, most days it, a week? It's five to six. Yeah. Uh, so, so for me, weekends are like a weird time where I don't really do much fancy baseball. It's the weekend. Like, you take it off, sure. Yeah. 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 So, like, most people I know, that's when they have time to do it. And for me, that's when I kind of escape. So, 
I, I've been doing free contests on Saturday, and we'll probably do that again tomorrow. Cool. Well, yeah, Brad's on Twitter at BaseballATM. It's a good way to, to follow that, not only for a bunch of uh, DFS and Dynasty writing stuff, but also, uh, yeah, Daily Grind Invitational if you want to go play with other Rotographs listeners. Kind of bring the community back to DFS, and, and that's a cool thing for sure. Um, that should do it for us. We ran down a ton of stuff for uh, Friday and for the weekend. But, uh, yeah, thanks to Alex for joining us. Glad you could be on the show with us. Appreciate you coming in. Thanks to Brad, as always, for joining me. And uh, for the two of them, that'll do it for us. Uh, good luck with your stacks this weekend, and I'll be back on Monday with Matt. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.